0: Chapter Thirty Six. Tell me everything. I was committed to going ahead with the ritual, yet still I hesitated. The whole blood sacrifice, Melchiorisha, and swift death as a compensation prize have dampened my enthusiasm. Why is Kokani still here? I asked Talav. I thought he was being holistic with heretics. Talav cocked her head to one side, looked at me for a moment before giving a reply. He went over to the Bonifactor, Your Excellency, opened up his database to the visible earthers, gave advice on appropriate incantations, and then came back here. The visible earthers do not want outsiders observing their service. How long till Admiral Jack arrives? I said. Not long. Tanlav replied, 30 minutes or so. My surprise was clearly evident, as she added, a wolf craft can travel faster than any other vessel in the three zones of humanity. Again that look in her eyes weighing me up, judging my worth or my usefulness. Any news from the troop carrier omniblade? There is no news yet replied Talav. The breaking of Bramlint's curse delayed Omniblade's entry into hyperspace by a few hours. But given the nature of the tides and fluxes inside hyperspace, a few hours can result in days being added to a journey. Or worse, I said. Talav nodded. Though rare, it was not unknown for a vessel to enter hyperspace after its scheduled time only to find itself caught in the full ferocity of a hyperstorm. The mangled parts of ship and crew being spewed out into real space years or even centuries later. One more thing to worry about, I muttered, my mood darkening. Talav pushed her hair back. Do you want to know the details, Your Excellency? She said, eyes and smile narrowing, about the Dear gods were fucked, help us, ritual. Sure, I said, trying to sound blase, that's why I'm here. I was sat at one end of the bed, she at the other with a gap between us where deck had been up until a few minutes ago. The commanding officer of the Wolfcraft Weesconner breathed in slowly and blinked, her lids closing slow, opening slow, the lashes long, the eyes clear. She released her breath again carefully. ''Are you sure?'' she said. ''Tell me everything,'' I insisted. ''Leave out nothing.'' Talav did so, sparing me no detail. The smile stayed on her all the time and a glitter in her eyes. Yet her emotions were not so steadfast, swinging as it were from anger through to contempt and all points in between. Yet whatever mood was on her, all the words she spoke, whether about the ritual and its dangers, or the gruesome things she had witnessed and committed as a combatant. All were equally fearful and appalling. My dick shriveled, my sphincter tightened, my stomach roiled. Her terrible was followed by a moment of silence, when Talav just looked at me, her face and body absolutely still. It was not the first time she'd stopped to look at me, so... The second time this happened, I wondered if her behaviour was a way of testing me. This third time I was certain. As with the two previous occasions, her silence was followed by a question. Are you truly certain, Your Excellency, that you want to perform this ritual? I held my hands up, the fingertips of one hand touching the fingertips of the other. I looked at Talav. She remained silent. Her breathing slowed, her body relaxed. Her anger, feigned or real, had left her. Before me sat once more the young, confident woman I had first seen in the medical bay of the Wolfcraft Wee Scunner. My hands moved apart; the widening space between fingertips filling up with vague, yet almost tangible, possibilities for the third and final time I gave my reply. Yes, I am certain. I gazed into the blankness between my hands and felt I understood everything. The spilled blood the augurs had foreseen was to be mine. This fate could not be avoided. Yet that was not the end of the story. For the spilling of my blood opened up two very different possibilities. Depending on the response of the gods, not least the foul regent Melchoresha, I would either encounter destruction and damnation, or the fulfilment of my deepest needs, my abdication from the sage and throne. Mm. As the mortal who would preside over the ritual, I was to be wounded, my flesh pierced, my noble sage and blood drops harvested like late summer berries, fat with sunlight and glistening with life. The fruit of my veins would be offered up to the gods, hopefully causing them to cast a glance this way. They in turn, being intrigued, pleased or amused by the ritual, would spare a moment from eternity to heed my perilous situation and give to me a morsel of their wisdom. Using such wisdom, I would resolve all problems and defeat all dangers. I would return security and stability to Sajin territories and respect and awe to my sagin self. Who would mock me then if I later chose to lay down my office? Who would dare describe me as a fool or a coward? My abdication would be the selfless act of a man who, having conversed with the very divinities, decided to swap power and majesty for a life of humble simplicity. Stars! I could even tell folk that the gods themselves had told me they would only help if I agreed to resign my position. I clapped my hands together. Talav flinched, then suddenly began to laugh. My laughter joined with hers, the joyous sounds mingling and entwining and shrinking the space between us. Our hips touched. The laughter stopped. Talav put a hand on my knee. I have to go get things ready, she said. Do you want to wait here or come help me? I'll wait, I said, putting my hand on hers. She stood then, nodded, and walked to the door. Before she left, she spoke again. Her words filled with a quiet ferocity. Trust in me, she said. I'll make sure no harm comes to you. When she left, I sat on the bed motionless. I could still feel the weight of her hip against mine. Her warmth and her scent lingered in the air around me. I closed my eyes, saw her face before mine. Only now, in my imagination, she was bending ever closer to me. But before her dreaming mouths kissed, the shiver of excitement in my belly transformed into a whisper of fear. The ritual was imminent, and an image came to me unasked. A worm wriggling on a hook, surrounded by a dozen narrow-faced fish with golden crowns on their heads and long, sharp teeth in their mouths. Thanks for listening in. To the latest episode of Marcus Marcus Norting Heart. If you enjoyed it, please share with your friends and families and ancient enemies. Mind, look after yourselves, do your social distancing, wash your hands, stay safe, stay sane, check in with your friends. If you want to know more about my work, you can check out rabfultonstories.weebly.com. You can listen to my other recordings from my live show and also some of my children's stories at mixcloud.com slash rabfulton um, If you want to support me you can donate a cup of coffee at ko-fi.com slash rabfulton My Instagram is at Celtic Tales Galway. Twitter at Havering Rab, and my Facebook is Celtic Tales Rab Fulton. Alright, I'll be posting up another chapter very soon.